Exalted, an off-topic. Today we cover the alchemical Exalted. I'm Devin, and with me today we have... Peter. And it is January 2017. Yep, 2016 is finally over. Uh, finally, I never I never got that, where people are like, oh, this month, this year is awful, it's so bad. It's like, really? I can think of a couple years that were worse. Well... You know, overall, or just like one or two things that were bad in the other years. Because 2016 kept getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe if people have different other have other pains about it, but I did not see that coming. We off to a great start, folks. And frankly, I think the discussion about how 2016 is the worst. <laughs> well, we are covering more like communism than the you know, fascists, so. Let's change the jokes. Nah, the food on your plate now belongs to the state. Duh. So, the alchemical exalted. Uh, champions of Autochthonia. Champions is their sobriquet. And there are six casts of them. Uh, uh, Orchalcum, Moonsilver, Jade, Star Adamant, Metal, Star Metal, and Soul Steel. There's, there's one for every magical material, plus one more Adamant. Which is, uh, you know, gems. Like, they're crystals. That's what adamant is. It's super glass. Cool. So, um, I guess we'll do a bit of lore on the alchemical sense. So, um, depending on the kind of mixed-up lore from 1st and 2nd edition, this is generally how it went. Primordial War happened. Exalts happened. They rocked the shit out of the Titans. And the first couple decades of there being a solar deliberative, a talk them was like... This place is a hellhole, and I'm going to leave before they murder me, because I'm paranoid as shit. So Atogthon scooped up a couple million people, folded himself inside out into a giant beast planet made of machinery, and booted himself into elsewhere, far away from uh, creation, and then put up a bunch of firewalls so people couldn't ever get to him. Firewalls that are only breachable from the inside of Autochthonia. Then you had a bunch of people who were stuck in Autochthonia... <laughs> And the inside of his body is a giant machine planet, uh, very much a one-for-one one of the world from Blame, Blame with exclamation point at the end, uh, the manga. Like, that's, that's just what Autochthonia looks like. A place without guardrails. Yep. Uh, so these fucking people couldn't survive in Autochthonia, so the Great Maker's like, well, I'll give them exalts. And he did. Uh, the Alchemical Exalted, who are champions of the people who safeguard humanity in the Great Maker's body, who eventually get bigger and become larger protectors, and then eventually become cities that people live in and provide their own bodies and minds as a way to safeguard the people and become the seeds of nations. A very weird exalt type. Yep. And uh, yeah, in the current day of Autochthonia, there are many nations in his body, and many and all of their city capitals and city centers are made from alchemical champions that have gotten old and gotten evolved and big. And they are all um, having various problems that we'll get into. Mm -hmm. So, what is it to be an alchemical? Well, first you have to be a really good autocotonian. And then you have to be that again and again and again upon many reincarnations. Until eventually people think, okay, you're worthy enough to represent us. You're worthy enough the power of the great maker. And That's right. 
In Autochthonia, they track you uh, throughout all of your lives. They have a way to basically tag your soul. And so if you are sufficiently heroic enough over many lifetimes, uh, the, the clerics and demiurges that exist in Autochthonian society will take your soul as it stays in the soul gem. As in Autochthonia, everyone has a gem rammed into their forehead at birth that keeps your soul in it when you die and tells you what caste and what social station you're at. Yep. And they take that soul gem and they try to catalyze it into an alchemical egg salt. Uh, and if you're sufficiently heroic, all those past lives kind of blend together into a new person. Uh, uh, an adult <coughs> mind that has information and thoughts and memories of all those people and is aware of who they are and what they're made for. And it's just, boom, a person. Yep. Um, alchemicals are made of clay. They're the golem of Prague. Um, but they're not robots. People get this, fuck this up a lot, but that's just because of memes and, mm -hmm. you know, the Transformers and Mega Man stuff that is generally tied into Autochthonians. But alchemicals are people. Their flesh is made of clay. It's warm to the touch. They have veins and arteries, though they're artificial and full of not blood, but a, a sort of red liquid that pumps essence through them. Their heart's a machine that looks like a heart that pushes essence through their systems and powers their body and their charms. They breathe. They poop. They do all of this. They have hair. They're for all intents and purposes people that just happen to be made out of clay. They have one-for-one -one replicas of all the human systems in their body. Well, plus it's uh, very important for them to act like people. Our foremothers will come in later, but... Well, they, they are people. Like, exalts, uh, alchemical exalts are like every other exalt. It is a person given great power. But instead of having a childhood... It is, it is a person with a past of heroism from multiple lifespans thrust into a new lifespan that's the best of all those people. Yep. And, and made into sort of a, a, a sort of idealized hero. Now, the land of Brass and Shadow, the land where the alchemicals and the Autochthonians live, the Great Maker's body, it's super fucked. Autochthon is a titan because he's a forge god, has in his portfolio being sickly and wounded and dying. Because forge gods in mythology often were lame or crippled, because working a forge does that to you. And Autochthon's illness, when he became a world, uh, represents itself in the form of his, his, his dying disease, which takes on the form of gremlin syndrome in some parts of his body, where machinery... Instead of the, the very human fear of like steel and metal and gears and wires pushing into human flesh and turning into a machine, a talkthon sickness is the opposite of that. It's flesh and oil and grease from like human fat uh, forcing into the machinery and being made of organs and bone and sinew. It's a very reverse kind of uh, horror for a machine god. Mm. And that basically represents his body failing. And then elsewhere where Autochthon sent his body, he put himself into a, into a endless coma because he wanted to wake up in a few <clears throat> million years and see what, see what the world turned out to be like. And he's not ever going to wake up. That's just part of the canon of the game. He doesn't wake up unless you try to wake him up. And in elsewhere, there's no way for him to get resources. So he just assumed he had enough stocked up in his body and that the alchemicals and the people inside of him and that his systems and that his souls... For like a titan, he has souls that are their own people. We'll be able to take care of everything and run this thing sufficiently and smoothly. And that was basically a mistake because none of that works. Everything is bottlenecked in bureaucracy and infighting. The, the people in the Great Maker's body, they understand that they're trying to keep him alive. And that's what a lot of the Autochthonians do when they become cities and stuff. They plug into parts of his organs, you know, giant machine continent engines and try to keep it running and make it more efficient so he stays alive in his sleep. 
but the task is just too big. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are diminishing returns on that. There are dozens of problems outlined in the core book for alchemicals about how this is uh, basically eventually is going to fail. So like food is scarce. Metal is scarce. You know, uh, alchemicals are made out of clay. It's impossible to find clay because everything's made out of, I, I say metal scarce and I, I meant mm-hmm. to say the magical materials, but yep. clay is almost impossible to find. They have to go to like smokestacks and condense it from ash. <laughs> You know, there aren't plants in the Great Maker's body. There aren't animals. The, the food they get is they tap a soylent uh, nutrient slurry uh, that just happens to be able to sustain life. Nothing about the Great Maker's body was built to keep people alive. It's why he made alchemicals. Yep. So all these nations are running out of resources. They're running out of time. They're fighting back gremlin syndrome because large parts of his body will just get infected and have to be cleaned out and cauterized and stitched back together. Um... And even alchemical champions, well, some of them can eventually get infected by gremlin syndrome and become roving monsters. Champions of the void, because gremlin syndrome represents the void. It represents the underworld, the labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Tokthon being sick and dying means that one day he'll become a neverborn. And gremlin sickness is that neverborn already existing in the future, rippling backwards in time and making its presence known in his body. Yep. Like like an echo, like an infection from the future being so virulent that it makes your body necrotize in the past. Yep. So Onikothoni is a bit of a crap sack world in that regard, in that it is a dying world, and all of the nations are trying various things to keep it living and to keep the Great Maker living. And one of them is in one of the stories is breaking that seal, those firewalls the Great Maker put up, and sending people into creation for resources. We'll get into that later. So in this world. Where, you know, it's fairly easy to die and resources are sparse and people have to keep together and have to work together. You have a very different game than you do in creation. Um, the, the, the cliff note buzzwords for uh, a game in Autocathonia is like magical communist super society where the where the sun god heroes the exalts actually work for the people and only mortals are in charge yep and so we're, and and all of your city's capitals are built from the are, are are built from the living bones and flesh of the greatest heroes that ever lived that were equal parts Abraham Lincoln uh Patton and George Washington who are awake and alive and are constantly giving you advice and telling you how to run the city better <laughs> It's a very weird setting, and it's refreshingly interesting. Quite Orwellian, I guess. It's Orwellian, and the word the, we we throw these words out. It's a communist society. It's Orwellian. Yeah. It has Soviet. It's very Soviet. Like all their propaganda and their lore has a very mm-hmm. Soviet Union feel. And for all of these things, it is like there's no money. It's a communist society, and everyone has to share, and everyone has to live together. And the idea that I made this because I own it doesn't exist. For all of these things that I'm sure anyone from North America would be like, oh, fuck, fuck that. It is like the most optimistic and hopeful part of Exalted Canon. Yeah. That's because everyone in the system is working towards the common good, not just the lower people. The higher people are too. Yeah. In creation, the higher people have all the power and they're not necessarily using it for the better good. They're using it for whatever they want. The higher people become solars and exactly. then In creation, the bourgeoisie feed on the on the, the worker. Yeah, yep. where, yeah, whereas in the exalted, no matter how powerful they are, even their champions are built to serve the community, the state. Yep. 
So it's like a communist society that works and there isn't like a problem of people being too oppressed or something like that. You know, it, it, there there are different – it's like levers and knobs. Yeah. The the amount of oppression or how much it works varies from place to place and game to game and, and depending on what you're looking at. But for the most part, in a very general overview, uh, Autochthonia is, is – optimistic and hopeful and it's one of the only places that are like that for creation like that's the the core book when it talks about solars it does have a very the return of the sun king heroes you're like yeah i'm gonna make a difference but not cathony it's like yeah we together are gonna make a difference environmentalism whoa recycling which is what the game's about, too, because Autocathony is all about environmentalism, because giant angry smokestacks and grinding gears and stuff that would make uh, that Native American in that commercial <laughs> shed a tear, they're all about that, because it helps the environment, because their environment's a giant machine god. Yeah. So, you know, endless amounts of lever pulling and shit, and, like, electricity, and, like, smokestacks, it's all good. They're 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 eco they're they're you know eco warriors for their ecosystem that they live in that's very unique. Let's save the planet together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to play Captain Planet and Exalted, you play in Autochthonia because not only is the planet a very real thing that's dying, it's a very real thing that you can save and by our powers combined. Yep. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> uh, <laughs> So yeah, uh, alchemical champions um, are made by mortals. And they can only be made by mortals that have been blessed by a talkathon. So exalts can't make them. You can't have other autochthonian alchemicals building alchemicals. You can't have solars building alchemicals to build robot butlers. Which is a direct quote from the second edition alchemicals core book. No fucking robot butlers. That's the best thing. Uh, basically, the state decides that it needs a hero. It needs a superman. And it gets all the resources together, and it, these are huge amounts of resources they don't have that they have to, you know, scrimp and save on. And they build this champion, and they find a worthy soul, and they catalyze it together, and you have you have a, an exalt, a man who can do anything. And exalts in Autochthonia don't rule in Autochthonia. Exalts are 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 are, egg, are champions of the people. They serve the ruling caste, and the ruling caste is mortal. <laughs> Uh, Autochthonians are equal parts state-sponsored Superman and public works employee, mm-hmm. combined with wandering hero. Uh, so, in all the in the various editions for alchemicals, uh, their sh- trick is that they can change what charms they have. They have a certain amount of quote unquote slots in their body that grows and changes over time that can hold charms. And they can pull those out and exchange them for new ones. So they can actually change what charm trees they have equipped at, any, at uh, intervals. And just going for, you know, like a data at a facility to do it. Which really changes the game for playing an alchemical. Because you can play a character who's a really good crafter, but is also, you know, kind of equipped for doing, like, uh, battle stuff. Or is good at political intrigue. Or is good at stealth. It kind of depends on how they build themselves. Well, it's basically about planning ahead, and if you're prepared for everything, you can handle a lot more than you otherwise would as a other exile, I guess. Yeah, they're, they're not as powerful. We're, we're, say, a solar would like specialize in melee or specialize in stealth. Yeah. They don't get that powerful into it, but the fact that they're just so versatile. You know, you have, a, you have an assembly, they're called, of like yeah. six alchemicals. 
you basically have every you're, you're guaranteed to probably get every base covered yeah. if you have a, a, a bunch of players who are just building alchemical characters and trying to like you know have coverage and stuff oh man there's nothing you can't do. You're never going to run into a place where it's like, oh no, we need a social character. Because you, you're just like, all right, give us a day. All right, we're all good for social. Yeah, plus you can also share the love around, trade your gifts around, whoever needs it. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. So alchemicals have this kind of universal quality to them where if you have two or three, like, they're assumed to be the only exile type in Autocathonia. So if you're playing a game with three or four people who are alchemicals, even though they're the only exile type, they cover everything. Mm-hmm. And over time, you know, their charms get better. They, they can add more widgets to them. The, the mechanics for the charms are great because you have the charm. And then you have what are called submodules, which are little extras you can buy for them to upgrade them and change how they work and stuff. Cool. Yeah. And the charms are what makes alchemicals look like robots. The charms aren't internal like they are for, say, Solars or Dragon-Blooded or Lunars. The charms are actual physical components that plug into the body or replace their body parts with other stuff. Like, you know, a charm that makes you super strong, they might take off your arms at the shoulders and replace them with artificial arms. And they might thread your veins through them and stuff. Uh, Alchemicals look like cyborgs when they have their charms installed. Uh, Because remember, their, their body is a living body made of clay. And the charms themselves are invases, invasive pieces of technology that are built for th- those bodies. Well, I guess they make the, the tools that they need. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That's kind of the aesthetic. And it's a very, you know, the Magitech and the steampunk and the diesel punk and all cyberpunk that kind of... The cyberpunk. All that kind of stuff people want in Exalted, but other people are like, no, you can't do that because it ruins the theme. Ah, <laughs> uh, the Chthonians just do that. Uh, chemicals, that's just their shtick. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're getting into the meta a bit. Alchemicals were the second villain splat. Yep. Unfortunately, and it really did a lot of damage to the idea. Alchemicals were always meant to be in the core, almost. Uh, GWG, like the the dude and Jenna Moran who made Exalted, they actually had plans to put the Locust Crusade and Alchemicals and what they were into the core in the first few books, but apparently, and this is just from what I've heard, it was. Even they were like, this is a little too extreme for the first look at Exalted. This mythic Princess Mononoke Ghibli, you know, fantasy myth world. It was definitely different thematics that might not uh, glue well together with everything that's in Exalted. Yeah, it's different. But I, I think it fits just fine, but I could see where other people wouldn't, and that's all right. So they released uh, Alchemicals at the end of the line, just like they did in second edition. And Alchemicals' shtick was that they were the Locust Crusade. All the different nations existed and the stats existed and all that shit. But uh, the Alchemicals were invading creation to strip mine it. In uh, for It was kind of dumb. And unfortunately, Locust Crusade was like the one story that focused on Alchemicals in the book. Because after that, the other plots were about the first villains in Exalted, the Death Lords and the Abyssals, and how they'd use Autocathonia for their dire purposes. Yeah, or waking up Autocathonia, I guess. Uh, no, him being a Neverborn, uh, everyone dying in Autocathonia from the Great Contagion and turning into their battle moon. Yeah. Bunch of stupid shit. Yeah. But Alchemicals were interesting, they were a cool concept, and then 2nd Edition rolled around. And I'm not sure people will understand this, but 2nd Edition Alchemicals is like the best series of books ever made for Exalted. You could take second edition. You could take the two alchemicals book, 
uh, Manual of Exalted Paradeal Chemicals, and Compass of Celestial Directions Autocathonia. And you could take the the two the, the second edition errata, and you could run a super fun, super interesting, super balanced game with just those books. The rest of second edition is garbage. Like it, it falls apart on its face, and all the charms are imbalanced, and it's a nightmare to deal with. But alchemicals were pretty balanced. I don't think the errata covered a lot about them. Like they were released to be good. So with just the Corb and the two Autocathonian books, you could right now in the Age of 3rd Edition or say in the Age of Godbound and all these other different ways to play Exalted, you could play Exalted in 2nd Edition and it would be a good game. <laughs> it wouldn't be the shit that 2nd Edition largely was. And that's not even the mechanics. The writing is on point. The writing for 2nd Edition fixed everything. Alchemicals aren't the Locust Crusade anymore in 2nd Edition. Uh, the book tells you how to deal with their internal politics and the internal stories and adventures heroes would have in the land of brass and shadow um and there's also a good amount of supplement for how they would work in creation and that's great but there it is a very good book series if you want to see the strongest because um i'm pretty sure holden and mark worked on autocathonians I, I know holden did if you want to see the strongest writing these guys have done look at those two books um and I, I say this with knowing that Masters of Jade and Shards came out after that. And those books are good. But Autocathonians is like everything done right. It's good lore, good mechanics, and the two blend seamlessly. And it's a living, breathing world. Uh, I would recommend anyone check out this book to understand what a, a what a, the potential Exalted has with these devs. Um... It's, it leaves that much of an impression even years later. Okay. So that's the meta behind it. Um, getting back to alchemicals themselves, there are littler things about them. So there's Champions of the Hero. They actually don't rule in Autocathonia um, at all. Like there, there isn't a social function for them to be in charge of anything. They have bosses they report to. Uh, but the state treats them well. Everyone loves them. Everyone loves you when you're an alchemical. Even if they're afraid of you, if you're like, say, Judge Dredd or the Terminator... People still think you're great because you're a champion of God, and God is very literally the state in this because uh, Autocathonia is both God and the bureaucracy and the world. So worshiping all three of those things is great, and you're a direct avatar of him. So you get to play a game that's significantly different from Dragonblooded or Solars or, fuck, even, I don't know, Sidereals. You get to be part of the bureaucratic stuff that deals with high-functioning things. Because you, you deal with machine spirits and elementals and robots in Autocathonia that are part of the maker's body. And, you know, you manage stuff like a sidereal would if you need to. And you also interact directly with the people and they know you're a champion. And you walk among them as a, you know, as a man-god, like a dragon-blooded. And you're the most powerful thing in the setting and are the ultimate, like, you know, uberman. And can do anything like a solar but people love you. You're not a dickhole. You which, love the anathema. Yeah, which Solars, Dragonblooded, and Sidereals uh, have the problem with. You're a dickhole when you're... Kind of when you're all three of them. Gods fucking hate you because of your shit when you're a Sidereal. People hate your shit when you're a Dragonblooded because you're a tyrant from Rome. And Solars, <laughs> everyone thinks you're a demon. And Lunars, all three. Yeah, no one cares about Lunars. <laughs> no one cares about Lunars in 1st or 2nd edition. Uh, or the other Exalt types. Um... Alchemicals are refreshing in that you can just play, and and this doesn't even detract from like you know the 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 consequences or the choices you make. But you can just play someone who's loved. 
<laughs> and there's no contrivance. It's just an assumed part of the setting that people love and respect you. Yep. Which is just refreshing. It's it's so different. It's so different than what Exalted usually does. Uh, alchemical stuff problems. Their great curse. There isn't really a great curse put on them. It's just a function of their being. They have what's called clarity. So the less they interact with mortals, the more they keep themselves, the more they deal with machine spirits and the weird unmortal things in creation, and or in Autochthonia, and the more uh, charms that are harmonized with the Great Maker, the higher their clarity gets. And the more their clarity gets, the less human they become. They become, clarity is, could be another word for synchronization. They become more in sync with how the Great Maker thinks. So they become logical, passionless, driven, uh, direct, but not cruel. Not like how a stupid movie would do it. So like, if you had a high clarity doctor, he wouldn't know how to relate with people anymore. But he would go through and triage people. He would treat the sick, help the wounded, and if people were actually too far gone that they couldn't be saved no matter how much he tried, he would, he would painlessly and mercifully euthanize them. And he wouldn't feel bad about it, because he did his best. Yep. They're not like, you know, Hal from 2001 Space Odyssey, or any computer from Star Trek, where they're, like, maliciously stupid. But high clarity makes you lose perspective from people. But the more you hang out with people, the lower it drops down, and you become a person again. Uh, and as your essence increases, and you become more advanced and evolve, your, your clarity starts to permanently go up in the back of your, your soul. Have a question? What? Is there any positive to having high clarity? Yeah, it makes it much easier for you to make uh, snap decisions. It makes it easier for you to make the hard calls. Uh, it makes it much easier to interact with the machine spirits and ex machina that live in the Great Maker's body. You're more in tune with their code. I was just wondering because it seems like it was all downside, but it, it seems like it's more... You get rid of this pesky emotions. And Clarity <laughs> is very much a give and take. Clarity has, has blessings and curses with it, which, again, makes it unique. You know, you don't ever limit break with alchemicals, you just gain or lose clarity over time, and you might intentionally be increasing or decreasing your clarity based on what kind of work you're doing. And there's so much roleplay potential for that, because, you know, you can have, you can have like, paramours and friends and family and people that you care about and things that you care about, but the higher your clarity gets, those things start to detach themselves over time. Um, you don't lose your intimacies when your clarity gets high. It's just they get redefined based on a purely logical context. <laughs> like, if you love the state because you grew up in it and you're passionate about it, the love starts to change to, like, an overriding sort of respect for its existence. You know, it's like, this has to survive. It is important. <laughs> it becomes more factual than emotional. Um, and, and then that's one of the downsides. The other downside is... Um, what's called dissonance. And this is what we were talking about. Alchemicals can catch gremlin syndrome. Oh, yes. <laughs> or they can cultivate gremlin syndrome. They have a set of charms known as void technology that they can start to... That they're basically meat, borgy, cybernetic, gross charms that are very useful. Like, they let them start to uh, change up their charms at a whim or grow their own stats and stuff or do weird things that alchemicals normally couldn't do. It's very much a, you know, I want this power... But at what cost? But if they if they're if they're void uh, if they're if they get too much void charms inside of them, they get a dissonance track, and dissonance is different than clarity. Dissonance is is the higher it gets, the more of a malicious, creepy serial killer robot you become. <laughs> like you start like cutting yourself and like high like you know gain rate like wanting to torture animals and like 
you know, murder people and hide their organs and machines and stuff. You become an asshole. So that's what dissonance is about. And there's a name for alchemicals that become like that. They're called apostates. Yeah. And they're they're sort of the worst thing ever because they're <laughs> they're the villains in in a game with alchemicals. They're these they're kind of the the, the abyssals to the alchemicals. Yeah. These these broken champions. There's some uh, philosophy to that, though, isn't there? To being the uh, apostate to wanting to... They talk about a philosophy and it's done in the books, but it basically boils down to we should kill the great maker and make the engine of extinction happen. We need an everborn. Yep. That's all it boils down to. They don't want to help people. They're assholes. Yep. They want to burn the world. Let's just get it done and over with. It's going to die one day anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's nihilistic or they're selfish or they have their own plans or they want petty revenge or just nonsense. Um, what else do we have for alchemicals as heroes? Well, um, I guess we're thinking about alchemicals. How about we discuss what does each cast do? What are they supposed to be? Ah, uh, yeah, I guess we should do that. Do you have a list? Um, <laughs> I have a brief list, but I couldn't like gather everything. Yeah, sure. Okay, so Orchalpin cast. Uh, they are alchemicals that are basically the leader cast. They're all about inspiring people and wanting people to do better for themselves. They're the Optimus Primes. You know, that's their hat. Um, they can do other stuff, but the primary thing is they are the social cast-ish. Um, basically for just leading people. Then you have the Moonsilver cast, which are... Moonsilver are infiltrators. Like, they, they, they're really good at reconnaissance and blending into places. They're the T-1000. Um, it's kind of their hat. Jade are workhorses. They're all about industry, building, uh, being strong men. Uh, they, they're kind of like the, the, the grunt that works in the mine or the guy who works in the factory. Um, I don't have a thing to relate them to. Uh, guts man. Uh, then you have Moonsilver. Or, sorry, Star Metal. Star Metal are the crafters, inventors, engineers, researchers, doctors. Explorers. Uh, yeah, explorers, one you could use. Uh, they're they're the, the mental faculties one. They're the nerds. Uh, then you have Soulsteel, Soul which are Judge Dredd, the Terminator, um, Batman. They're, 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 the, they're jack-booted thugs. Um, the secret police, I guess. They are not secret no. at all. Uh, they are very obvious. One of the one of the quotes, one of the best quotes for the Soul Steel Alchemicals, the iconic one, is one word in a period. It's just him saying "behave." <laughs> He's keeping people in line. They also uh, are what are called troubleshooters. They're uh, a lot of them have a primary focus on rooting out um, Gremlin Syndrome cults, people who worship the Void and stuff, and murdering them and getting rid of them. So a lot of their stu stuff deals with finding like evil Cthulhu cults and just wiping them out. And then we have Adamant, number six. Yep. Adamant's, um, depending on how you run alchemicals, people might not know the Adamant cast exists, but they're kind of like the secret agents for the Divine Ministers, for the for the souls of Atokthon. They, generally speaking, are part of Autochthonian society, but their, their thing is that their accountability for the rest of Autochthonia. They're, they're, when people ask who watches the Watchmen, these are the guys that do it. They're... That's their thing. They, they can sneak into society. They can actually kind of look like other alchemicals if they use their anima banner. They're, they're very good at laying low, and they're good at just going in and doing what they have to do without being noticed. Uh, you know, rooting out corruption that no one else sees, 
taking care of threats that would be uh, that would be catastrophic for the population to realize were a threat, or just trying to change plans so that people don't you know discover secrets about Autochthonia they're not allowed to discover, or they can just be integrated. You know, there are Autochthonian cities that are made of adamant and stuff. So how do those work with the rest of the cast? Because if they're the police that's supposed to be watching the other alchemicals, how easy can they play in a group? Pretty easy. Their anima power means that other people think that they're another cast. Okay. They're basically sidereals, but a little well, but better written. <laughs> and again, a lot of times they really don't. You know, sometimes they don't even need to do that. It's like, no, no, I'm just an adamant cast alchemical, and the other alchemical's like, yeah, of course, their adamant's one of the magical materials. Why wouldn't you be? Yep. Dirt. <laughs> But, you know, the common people probably don't know about it. That's yeah. fine. So, with the cast done, the only other thing to talk about is the lifespan of an alchemical. Alchemicals are immortal, much like several other exalt types. Their shtick is, is as their essence, enlight- as they enlighten their essence, um, eventually they have to go in to be refitted, and they become what's called a Colossus, which is a large Warstrider-sized, Transformers-sized alchemical that's a giant war machine. Uh, they just get big, fucking huge, and they can do much bigger, much different types of missions and things for uh, for the cities of Autochthonia when they're big. <laughs> uh, and then after that, after a while of being big, they'll enlighten even further, and they'll go and they'll find a place in the Great Maker's body where there's like ports and routes and and entryways. And they'll drill themselves in, cocoon themselves in metal, and hatch out as a central uh, municipal building and become a new city. And from then on, all of the infrastructure of the city um, is built by their maintenance people and is actually charms. Like, when you go into an Autochthonian city, every building, all the lights, the defense networks, the screens, the surveillance, the food, the factories, the things that keeps the Great Maker's body running and helps his organs... Those aren't buildings and artifacts. Those are charms. <laughs> they're, they're so big and macro scale that they're entire infrastructures of the entire nation. They're charms plugged into a giant alchemical that is sprawled out into a city. And that city doesn't get back up into like a man-shaped body. It, it's, it's, it's permanently grown root into the ground. Yep. But if you think that these societies are easy to take down because they're mortal, you're an idiot. Or misinformed, because when you're dealing with, say, the council or, or the various different heads of state, um, which are very well fleshed out and excellent for like intrigue and politics, you're not going to be able to just, you know, as a solar or an abyssal, just steamroll and mind control them, because you're going to be talking to them in a building, and that building's a charm, and that charm's installed in an alchemical champion who's <laughs> centuries old, and you know what he's doing? He's buffing those mortals. He's giving them power-ups with his charms to make sure they don't get mind-controlled, to make sure their judgment isn't clouded, to make sure that they're making the best decision they would want to make. (laughs) You're not going to fuck with these people. Not on their home turf. Not with Abraham Lincoln Washington Rommel uh, whispering into their ear, letting them know how to be a good leader. Yep. Not with propaganda screens that have subliminal messages that... The alchemical, you know, uses as dreams to put into people's minds so they're always happy and feel good about themselves to reduce depression. <laughs> yep. No, when the food is laced with uh, additives to make people feel better or to have better immune systems so they don't get sick or to eliminate birth defects. Don't ever fuck with an alchemical city on their own turf. 
Yeah. I'm not going to destroy all of it. Yeah, fight it if you want. The Alchemical City um, has an ability to go into a Warstrider-sized copy of their old body <laughs> and fight you. And have all the defense networks of their city. So that city's going to be outfitted with missile launchers and Gatling guns and lasers. And there's going to be other alchemicals in there. And mortals. Mortals train all the time in alchemical cities. They become martial arts masters and weapons champions and, like, military units. Of all the people outlined in creation, the mountain folk and autochthonians are the best at fighting in tunnels and enclosed spaces and, like, machine hellscapes. And all of autochthonia is a machine hellscape. So literally every assault you try to make on them, if you're an outsider, is on their home advantage. Yep. So it's a bit of a rough time to deal with Autocathonia from the outside in. Well, even on the inside, it's kind of hard. On the inside, it's assumed you're from Autocathonia, so yeah. there's a bit of an equal footing there. Yeah. And those nations will go to war, and they fight each other, which is something for another day. We'll go over the nations and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But, Yeah. Yeah, I think that's mostly it, because we don't want to be talking much about Autochthon, his ministers, all that stuff. Autochthonia is such a rich part of Exalted setting that is nice and quarantined in a way that we can talk about it without having to bleed into creation stuff, that we could easily come back for two more off-topic on it, at least. Yep. Uh, just to flesh out all the cool things going on. But, unfortunately, because these off-topics are meant for new people, we probably won't come back to them for a while, because as with all things... Autocathonia is not really something you need, new people need to know a lot about. They need to know about the realm and Yushan and Lookshy and Great Forks before they need to know about Autocathonia. Yep. But maybe uh, maybe if we get a little bit of extra gusto in our uh, recording days, we could just squirrel those away and just seed them through the queue. Well, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, but me personally, I love alchemicals. Uh, they are a perfect storm of everything in Exalted going right. Their second edition version added to the lore of alchemicals and the concept of them, whereas most other parts of second edition subtracted from the really good stuff. <laughs> the mechanics are good and stand uh, and stand um, like they, they, they stand up today. You could play second edition alchemicals and it would work. And the setting is richly and colorfully detailed and has so much intrigue into it. You could do all sort. You could do every type of game in Autochthonia. Uh, they, they really break down the differences between the nations, the differences between the organizations and social structures and bureaucracies inside each nation. You know, the church and the state actually do have a, a sort of divide going on, even though they're the same thing. <laughs> there, there is a, a wondrous little world in uh, the alchemicals, and that's why they're my favorite. They, they, and, well, no, the, the last thing I, I mentioned is the optimism. Just shockingly optimistic and hopeful and... And it makes you feel good reading about these people in the worst situation possible, stolen from their home, centuries out of touch, uh, in a world that doesn't have sunlight or 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 fucking a warm breeze from the breeze from the ocean or plants or kittens or sky or oh there's there's sky there's there's space above or, or but they have none of the comforts we would take for granted here on Earth. They don't even have kittens. And they make such a good time of it that you can't help it but admire the the fictional kind of culture they've put together there. It is a very good read. It's almost a read I would do for leisure, like like something I would do just when I'm not playing Exalted. I've I've gone back to that book to, you know, pick my brains on ideas for stuff. Uh, so Exalted 
the alchemicals is definitely uh, probably my favorite exalt type. Like just thinking thinking through them, uh, none of them stand out as much because they have so much uh, baggage attached to them with the other additions. Yep. Now, if you like alchemicals, Sandak Six, and we've mentioned this, has done a full conversion of them for third edition Exalted. Just look up Sandak Six. I mean, we've linked it before in previous Prince of the Universe episodes, but he did it all. He he put out like two three hundred pages of. Uh, alchemicals conversion like he did all the charms and the systems and even did like a uh, a piloting system for ships and stuff Jeez. it's really all put together you can just play them now in your third edition game use Godbound but it is definitely an option um, here in the Halcyon days of 2017 <laughs> when alchemicals are probably 6 or 7 probably Years down the line. <laughs> oh, we'll see how it goes. I guess we will. Yeah. You think uh, You think in 10 years they'll have alchemicals out? I don't know. I haven't really been keeping up with their schedule, so... Well, I'm not go- I don't want to toot their horn, but in four years they put out one book. <laughs> well, it was a big book. It was fairly big. It was ground... It was grand... It was vente. yep Uh, so I've been Devin and Peter and this is sponsored by Nobody signing off our future depends powerfully on how well we understand this cosmos in which we float like a float of dust in the morning sky